Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the ATS Automation Fourth Quarter Conference Call and Webcast. This call is being recorded on May 20th, 2021 at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Following the presentation, there will be a, we will conduct a question and answer session. Intru instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has difficulties hearing the conference, please press star followed by zero for operator assistance at any time. I'd now like to turn the call over to Shireen Sahawi, Director of Investor Relations at ATS. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Your main hosts today are Andrew Heider, Chief Executive Officer of ATS, and Ryan McLeod, Chief Financial Officer. For those who joined us by phone, our remarks are accompanied by a slide deck, which is available at atsautomation.com. Before we begin, I am required to provide the following statement respecting forward-looking information, which is made on behalf of ATS and all its representatives on this call. You are cautioned that the oral statements made on this call will contain forward-looking information that involves risks and uncertainties, including those introduced by the COVID-19 pandemic. The actual results could differ materially from a conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward-looking information. Certain material factors or assumptions were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or a projection, as reflected in the forward-looking information. Additional information about the material factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from the conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward-looking information and the material factors or assumptions that were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection, as reflected in the forward-looking information, are contained in ATS's filings with the Canadian Provincial Securities Regulators. Now it's my pleasure to turn the call over to Andrew. Thank you, Serene. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us. We are pleased to report another strong quarter for ATS, including record order bookings and backlog. After a challenging start to our fiscal year brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, our business rebounded nicely over the balance of the year. The fourth quarter marked the return to positive organic revenue growth, and we continued to drive margin expansion in line with our long-term plan. During the quarter, we also announced a successful completion of the tender offer to acquire CFT, a global supplier of automated processing and packaging equipment to the food and beverage industry. The transaction closed in late March and our teams have started the integration work. We are excited to introduce a food technology platform at ATS and look forward to offering innovative solutions to meet our customers' needs. Today, I will update you on business conditions and then Ryan will provide his report. Starting with our financial value drivers. Q4 revenues were $400 million, up 4.7 from Q4 last year, and up 8.2% sequentially, driven by broad-based activity levels. Organically, revenue grew 5.4% in the quarter. For the full year, our revenues of 1.43 billion were in line with last year's revenues. Q4 order bookings were $463 million, up 30% from last year, and up 6% sequentially. Bookings were strong across most segments, with large customer rewards in life sciences and transportation. Bookings for the year were $1.6 billion, up 11% year-over-year, driven by large awards in life sciences and consumer products. Our adjusted EBIT margin for the quarter was 12.4%, representing over a 200 basis point margin expansion versus Q4 of last year and over 50 basis point margin expansion sequentially. For fiscal 2021, our adjusted EBIT margin 
4% represented a 40 basis point margin expansion versus last year's margins. Moving to our outlook, our healthy backlog of over 1 billion provides us with a solid base of business and good revenue visibility. We are encouraged with the pace of vaccine rollouts in many of our global markets. However, for the time being, we continue to operate in a COVID-19 environment with the inefficiencies that it entails. Our teams have made meaningful progress adapting to this new normal, and we are pleased by recent order activity. We continue to closely monitor customer demand signals and are seeing activities pick up in some areas. By market, conditions in life sciences are positive with broad-based strength in medical devices, pharma, and radiopharma. During the quarter, we won a number of mandates related to COVID-19, demonstrating the strength of our life sciences franchise and helping in the global fight against the pandemic. This work represented around 34% of our life sciences bookings and 19% of our total bookings in Q4 and covered awards in point-of-care diagnostics, vaccine syringes, and diagnostic kits. We are also seeing the return of more traditional non-COVID-related opportunities in the funnel. Our focus on innovation and differentiated solutions is bearing fruit with new customer wins and higher share of wallet with existing accounts. Life Sciences represented 60% of our annual bookings, and we expect it will be a strong market for ATS for years to come. In EV, we're seeing activity levels improve with a number of traditional OEMs and newcomers recently announcing plans for electrical fleets. We continue to be focused on the right opportunities and won a large award in the quarter. ATS has a long track record and proven expertise in battery assembly and test. And we look forward to supporting our customers' EV fleet goals. In consumer, similar to last quarter, we saw strength in warehouse automation and food, while cosmetics remain soft. In energy, we continue to serve our customers in areas of refurbishment and decommissioning, with strong execution and good line of sight to future opportunities in Canada and globally. On after-sales services, order bookings showed sequential improvement, and revenues were up double digits versus last year and stable sequentially with strength across all market verticals. Given the ongoing COVID-19 travel restrictions in many geographies, we continue to rely on our regional service networks and the use of digital support tools. We see additional opportunities to refine our aftermarket services to drive a better customer experience and are nearing completion on a digital commerce initiative to further enhance our digital value proposition. To summarize our outlook, Bookings were strong this quarter, and our funnel remains healthy. While the pandemic environment continues to introduce some timing and approval uncertainty around capital deployment by our customers, we are encouraged by the recent pickup in activity levels. Moving to the ABM, our continuous improvement playbook. We are making progress by using virtual means to train and hold events. During the quarter, we held our annual President's Kaizen, which is a week-long event attended by our senior business leaders. We also launched our first global virtual ABM bootcamp. A few ABM highlights from the quarter. We held over 10 Kaizens across various ATS divisions. These, these events drove improvements in multiple areas, including sales, operations, and customer service. One division in our life sciences group was able to achieve greater standardization of parts and components with a tenfold increase in the number of standard parts identified and a 10% increase in supplier rebates. The approach is being replicated at other life sciences divisions. Our ATS products group was able to develop a process to reduce lead times from approximately 12 weeks to eight weeks. The team identified efficiency opportunities in our procurement and production processes as well as scheduling and capacity planning. The team is on track to achieve the new lead time by July of this year. Our industrial automation team hosted its first Kaizen with a customer, designed to achieve a meaningful reduction in the project timeline. The event was a big success, 
resulting in a number of opportunities that ATS and the customer are jointly developing. We launched our first virtual ABM bootcamp, which runs over a six-week period and combines self-paced learning with real-time discussions with ABM leaders. The first session wrapped up in April with over 50 participants and positive reception. The new format enables us to continue scaling the training and demonstrates how businesses across ATS are using the ABM to deliver tangible results. Turning to innovation, we continue to prioritize investments in differentiated solutions that positively impact our customers. During the quarter, our industrial automation division applied the ABM principles to establish new processes to improve product innovation and drive agile product development. This resulted in the team filing several new patents related to growing areas of our business. In addition, teams across ATS are pursuing next generation ideas in areas including linear motion technology, digital services, and modular flexible manufacturing, just to name a few. On M&A, acquisitions continue to be an important complement to ATS's organic growth. Late in the fourth quarter, we welcome CFT to the ATS family. CFT serves as a platform for ATS in the food and beverage industry and joins ATS's other food business, Marco, to comprise a food technology group. This group is headed by Jeremy Patton, an accomplished ATS veteran. Subsequent to the quarter, we announced the acquisition of BioDot, which we expect to close in calendar Q2. BioDot expands our life sciences capabilities in precise, low-volume fluid dispensing and enhances our position in the point-of-care and clinical diagnostic lab and markets. We will continue to cultivate and evaluate acquisition opportunities consistent with our proven strategy. Of course, timing of acquisitions will be variable, and our approach to deploying our balance sheet will be disciplined and strategic. In summary, fourth quarter results highlighted the strength of our business and our ability to pivot and adapt operations to the current climate. Record booking activity reflected the alignment we have with our customers in providing best-in-class solutions. Going forward, our focus remains on sharpening our execution through the application of the ABM playbook to drive better performance. Our strong backlog provides good revenue visibility, while our healthy balance sheet enables us to act opportunistically when strategic prospects arise. We look forward to closing the BioDot acquisition and finding more avenues to create value for our customers and our shareholders. Now I will turn the call over to Ryan. Ryan? Thank you, Andrew. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This morning, I'll provide an overview of our Q4 operating results that feature continued growth in revenue in operating margins and record order bookings and backlog. I will then provide color on our balance sheet. Starting with operating results, our Q4 bookings were $463 million, up 30% compared to last year, due primarily to organic growth. The increase reflected new orders in life sciences and transportation. Fourth quarter bookings included large orders related to COVID-19 point-of-care rapid testing, as well as a large EV program win. Compared to Q3, order bookings were up 6%, reflecting improvements in transportation and continued strength in life sciences. For the year, bookings of $1.6 billion were 11% higher than last year due to increases in life sciences and consumer. Organic growth was 7%, while acquired companies and foreign exchange provided uplifts of 2% each. Our book-to-bill ratio was 1.14 to 1. Q4 organic revenue growth was 5.4% over last year, primarily due to services and after-sales partners. Acquired companies added 20 basis points to our growth, while foreign exchange was a 90 basis point headwind compared to Q4 last year. Sequentially, revenues increased 8.2% from Q3, primarily reflecting the timing of project activities. For the year, revenues of $1.43 billion were consistent with last year, 
Despite the impact of the pandemic, which was more pronounced in the first half of the year due to more stringent travel restrictions and reduced access to customer facilities. Organically, revenues decreased 3%, and this was offset by 2% growth from acquisitions and a 1% benefit from foreign exchange translation. Our record Q4 ending backlog of $1.16 billion was 23% higher than last year's $942 million. Organic growth in backlog was 12.4% due to higher order bookings through the year, partially offset by foreign exchange translation. With the balance of the increase related to $166 million of acquired backlog from CFT. Life Sciences represented 50% of our period end order backlog, with consumer representing 24%, up from 10% a year ago, primarily reflecting the addition of CFT. Looking forward, our revenue conversion for Q1 is estimated to be in the higher end of the 35 to 40% range of backlog. While we're pleased with the strength and resiliency of our business, in the near term, COVID will continue to influence the timing of customer orders and services revenues. Moving to margins, Q4 gross margin was 27.8%, up over 450 basis points from last year. Higher gross margin reflected improvements made in our cost structure through our reorganization and other efforts, improved program execution, and increased service revenue. Cost recoveries of $2.1 million were also realized from Canadian emergency wage subsidy. Our teams have done an excellent job adapting to the current environment. Our operations have continued to overcome the challenges of operating with almost half of our workforce at home and the presence of extra health and safety measures in our facilities. For the year, fiscal 21 gross margin was 26.9%, up 154 basis points from last year. Higher gross margin for fiscal 21 was due primarily to efficiency gains in our cost structure, improved program execution, and 12.2 million of recoveries under the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program. Cost structure and program execution improvements were partially offset by lower after-sales service revenues and other operational efficiencies, inefficiencies related to COVID-19. Moving to SG&A, expenses were 2.5 million higher than Q4 last year. This year's costs included 8.1 million of acquisition-related amortization and 4.2 million of M&A transaction costs, which were partially offset by a $5.6 million adjustment to the continuing consideration related to the acquisition of Marco. Excluding comparable items in both periods, Q4's SG&A was $54.8 million, 4.4 million higher than last year, reflecting increased employee costs, partially offset by savings from the reorganization and other cost containment measures. Fourth quarter stock compensation expense was $6.8 million compared to a recovery of $1 million last year. Q4 adjusted earnings from operations were $49.5 million, or 12.4%, compared to $39.3 million, or 10.3% last year. The increase in margin reflected efficiency gains made in our cost structure, improved program execution, and higher after-sales service revenues. Our effective tax rate was 9% in the quarter, and 19% for the year. This largely reflected a $4.3 million non-recurring recovery recorded from tax planning opportunities implemented in the fourth quarter. Excluding the non-recurring recovery, the adjusted effective tax rate was 25% in Q4. Adjusted EPS was $0.34 cents in the quarter, up 31% over last year. For the year, adjusted EPS was $1.07 up one cent from $1.06 last year. Our improved operating margins accounted for the increase. Moving to the balance sheet, in Q4 we generated cash from operations of 39 million compared to cash generation of 9.7 million last year, primarily reflecting a reduction in working capital investment and higher profitability. In fiscal 21, we generated cash from operations of $185 million, up from $20 million last year reflecting improved profitability and lower investment in non-cash working capital. Our non-cash working capital as a percentage of revenue was very low at 6% in Q4, down from 8.7% in Q3, and well within our target of maintaining working capital as a percentage of revenues below 15%. 
Timing of deposits and program milestones caused the decrease. While we're pleased with this result, we do expect our non-cash working capital investment to increase to a more normal range of approximately 10% during fiscal 22. Our cash collections remain strong, reflecting the strategic relationships we have with our customers. We invested $13.1 million in CapEx and intangible assets in Q4, compared to $18.3 million last year. Higher investments last year related to the expansion of certain life sciences facilities. In fiscal 21, CapEx was $31.6 million. Going forward, we expect to increase our CapEx investments in fiscal 22 as we add capacity to support growth and continue to invest in innovation. Overall, our CapEx budget for fiscal 22 is expected to be in the range of $50 to $60 million. We ended the quarter with good liquidity, consisting of cash of $187 million and availability on our credit facilities of approximately $776 million. From a leverage standpoint, year-end net debt to adjusted EBITDA ratio was 1.4 to 1, including CFT on a pro forma basis. Adjusting on a pro forma basis for the addition of BioDot, which we expect to close in calendar Q2, our leverage would be approximately 1.7 to 1. We have further room to deploy capital to pursue our strategies within our normal course target leverage range of up to two to two and a half times. In Q4, we completed our offering of US $350 million, eight-year 4.125% senior notes. We used a portion of the proceeds from the offering to fund the redemption of the 2023 U.S. $250 million 6.5% notes. We recorded one-time finance costs of $9.1 million related to the redemption. Upon repayment of the 6.5% notes, we unwound our existing interest rate swaps and entered into new U.S. euro interest rate swaps, resulting in an effective interest rate for the new senior notes of 3.63%. In summary, our fourth quarter featured continued strong operating performance. Our teams have executed efficiently, ensuring customer needs are met while maintaining a safe working environment. The investments and improvements made in our business are driving growth, resiliency, and margin expansion. The addition of CFT provides us with an exciting platform in the food technology space, and the coming addition of BioDot will provide us with new capabilities in life sciences. We have a record order backlog, a strong balance sheet, and available liquidity that combine to provide ETS with a solid foundation to pursue our growth strategies. Now we will open the call to questions from our analysts. Operator, could you please provide instructions? Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now conduct the question and answer session. To allow as many voices to be heard as possible, please limit yourself to two questions per turn. If you have a question, please press star followed by the one key on your touchtone phone. Your questions will be pulled in the order they are received. Please ensure you lift the handset if you are using a speakerphone before pressing any keys. One moment, please, for your first question. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Your first question comes from Sherilyn Radburn from TD Securities. Your line is open. Thanks very much and good morning. Um, wanted to ask about the nice growth in services and parts uh, that we saw again this quarter. Could you touch on the extent to which you think pent-up demand is contributing as things open up? And if pent-up demand is contributing, how much more pent-up demand might there be out there? Yeah, good, good, good morning, Sherilyn. Um, so 
you know, as we look at our, our services business, um, when we step back and look through the pandemic, a couple of things that we did to enable this business and, and, and the teams really aligned around. First, we, we really focused on our regional service network. And when we looked at that network, it enabled us to continue to support and, and, and really drive solutions and, and, and enable our customers to continue to build their product. Secondly, we launched digital tools, and, and we did that to support our customers, but additionally, to really enable this, this, uh, this regional network to execute. So, you know, as an example, you think about the UK, and when the UK went on lockdown, we had a regional network built within that region that allowed us to continue to support customers regardless of end market. And we could do that because we had subject matter experts and we had the digital tools that enabled them to quickly understand how to fix and, 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 and really enable the process and production of products. So overall, I would say we did a nice job pivoting early in the pandemic to enable us to be where we are today. And, and why do I say all that? Because to answer your question, we, we certainly are in line with last quarter and we view that, that we're getting more and more back to normalized run for this business. And so we're pleased with the progress we would view that we're, we're in, a, in a normalized state. There's still challenges around travel and around ability to support if needed. That said, with our regional support network, we've been able to really overcome a lot of the obstacles within the space. Okay, that's helpful. So you would say that this is more a normalized state rather than a catch-up or pent-up demand. Is that fair? Yes. Uh, to answer your question directly, yes, this is a more normalized state. Perfect. And then maybe you could elaborate a little, a little more on the activity in life sciences and the extent to which customer focus is starting to pivot away from COVID and back to projects that might have been temporarily put on hold due to the pandemic. Yeah, so, so I did mention this in my opening remarks. We are seeing our funnel increase on, on non-COVID-related, uh, more elective surgery type of, of applications. And so... I'm really pleased with that as, as far as how things are starting to progress in our funnel. And, you know, to start with the headline, very solid bookings for the quarter, uh, record bookings for the quarter. And as I mentioned, a healthy funnel as we go into the year. So, you know, headline, very pleased with the performance and, and how we're setting up for the year. But as you look at life sciences, um, we're starting to see those, those elective surgery opportunities take shape in our funnel. But additionally, we're pleased with, with, with the, the ability to execute on these COVID-19 opportunities. You know, we're here for our customers, regardless of COVID or non-COVID opportunities. And we've won new customers through this. And so we've taken new technology and new innovations like our Symphony product line, which was a, you know, a development from Transformix to really enable us to execute and build out our capability on these new and existing customers to then allows us to continue our, our expansion within those businesses. Great, that's my two, thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Mark Neville from Scotiabank, your line is open. Hey, good morning guys, uh, great quarter. Um, maybe just on the bookings, um, I mean, there's clearly been a step change here, um, trying to, I guess, understand it. Um, and or maybe just qualitatively, um, you can sort of just help with how much is just generally stronger markets versus, you know, what you're doing internally in terms of, you know, improved processes on the front end or the service offering. Um, again, any, any sort of commentary would be helpful. Yeah, so, so to answer your question directly, it's, it's a bit of both, Mark. Um, you know, and, and, and to walk through that, we've won new customers through this, and, and, you know, we're really pleased with those wins is that it allows us to then expand our footprint. But additionally, we've also expanded within businesses. And, you know, and I used the example a, a, little, bit, a little bit ago around, you know, the, the Symphony product line. That has enabled us to do things differently and offer new solutions to customers that, that we've been supporting for, for, for a decade. And so ultimately really pleased with the progress. But let me get more specific on the markets. And, and you know, I talked a bit about life sciences and, and the continued activity and, and strong performance within the market. You know, we're seeing 
not only from a standpoint of the COVID-19, but we're also seeing our funnel, uh, you know, increase in, in non-COVID related opportunities as well. In EV, you know, we're seeing the, the, the activity pick up in both North America and Europe, and, and we booked a large EV award in the quarter. And so pleased with that progress, we're also staying very close with this new administration in the U.S. around the stricter environmental uh, emissions rules and laws. And so really call it thinking about them as an, ad an adoption from EV as the shift continues and, and being very close to it. We are, you know, a leader in battery pack assembly, and, and it's one we want to continue to really help our customers as they navigate this, this new, new market and new, new opportunity. In consumer, so, so this is a mixed bag for, for us, and, and we've seen strength in warehouse automation. We're a niche application there, but we've seen strength. Well, also food has showed, showed uh, our ability to execute. Cosmetics is, is soft and, and has remained soft. Uh, when you think about cosmetics for us, really, you know, you think about duty-free shops, and, and duty-free shops have been impacted by this. And so we, we do see that market coming back over time, but that, that has been a little bit on the softer end. And then in energy, uh, you know, we see opportunities in, in refurbishments and decommissioning. And, and I talked about decommissioning on the last call and the opportunity that it, that it, that it uh, has for ATS. But we are seeing opportunities both in Canada and globally. And we're going to continue to build out our capability and we continue to build out our team. You know, lastly, I'll just talk about the ABM and, and how the team across ATS has shifted to what we call our commercial ABM. And, and it's around you know, driving our aspect of, of demand generation, marketing, you know, tools, enabling our customers to understand all our capabilities, and then, and then aligning that with our Salesforce effectiveness. And, and the team is doing an excellent job of pivoting during this environment to really maximize those opportunities. And so, you know, I answered your question up front around it's a bit of both, but, but it is. And then when you get into the markets, you can really start to understand how our strategy is taking shape with, with new technologies, new innovations, marrying with the needs of customers and, and our continued drive to, to really satisfy those needs. Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's super helpful and encouraging, obviously. Um, maybe for Ryan, just in the backlog conversion um, for the quarter, um, does CFTs make it, uh, make the business a structurally higher uh, number, sort of, so that 40% is sort of a more normal number going forward, or is it just a matter of sort of timing and mix for the quarter? Well, at this point, it's, it's timing and mix for the quarter, and, and this is uh, something that you know, we look at every quarter and determine um, where we expect to be based on. Uh, our portfolio and what we have in backlog and, and what we expect to book in revenue within the quarter. Um, it, at this point, I would say it remains to be seen whether uh, CFT will drive a, a change in this metric, but but we'll continue to to look at this and assess every quarter. Great, thanks, guys. I'll, I'll get back in queue. Your next question comes from Justin Keywood from Stiefel. Your line is open. Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call and nice to see the results. On the notable uh, EV battery award, are you able to pro provide some more context on the value of the contract, uh, if this is an existing or new customer, and any opportunity for follow-on work? Um, so so I, I can't provide... Um, I can't provide a lot of a, a lot more color. I mean, it, I'll say it was a large program. Um, it's it's a customer that we have worked with uh, previously, and and it's it's somebody that we do expect to have an ongoing relationship with. It's it's a it's a longstanding relationship and a very good customer. You know, and, and Justin, just to add on to, to Ryan's comment, and we do see additional potential with this customer. But as you're well aware, and we, we often say. We need to execute and prove out the value that we bring to this customer. Okay, understood. And then for margin expansion initiatives, I'm just wondering if you have an update on the broader goals. Like the 500 beeps over five years was, uh, you know, on track, and now there's a few moving parts with uh, the CFT contributing, and you know, perhaps more aftermarket services work coming back. 
Uh, but just as an update, if you have any broad uh, margin expansion goals over the next few years and beyond. Well, I mean, our goal is unchanged for the core business. Um, so, so we are still targeting that 500 basis points, and and uh, and with the addition of CFT, they're going to be a part of that too. To your point, it'll change the timing, um, but doesn't change the end goal. If I if I just go back on the core business, um, you know, we're largely you call it halfway there. So we finished the quarter at about 12.4 percent. Um, over the last three quarters of the fiscal year, um, we operated at 12.1%. So we have had, had a, a good level of margin expansion in the year um, when I exclude Q1, which, which was heavily impacted by COVID and, and the, the initial lockdown. Um, and, and our plans haven't changed. We're focused on, on the different initiatives that we're pursuing throughout the business. Uh, we're driving continuous improvement through, through ABM. Uh, our supply chain management, we've made really good progress on this initiative and it conti continues to contribute and it'll be a big part of margin expansion with CFT. Uh, standardization, this is an area that we've uh, been a little bit further behind on, uh, but, but it's really starting to take shape and Andrew talked about some of the Kaizen activity and, and uh, initiatives that we're pursuing on standardization and then uh, you mentioned uh, after sales services, and, and we did see a continuation of strength in that in that business this quarter, and then, uh, of course, operating leverage, and, and we expect to continue to grow the business and drive operating leverage. So, um, you know, like I said, timing will be a little bit more variable with with CFT from a total portfolio basis, but the objective for the core business did not change. Okay, and that's uh, adjusted operating margins you're referring to. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, so when, and uh, sorry, go ahead, Justin. Uh, no, go ahead. That's fine. Well, I was just going to remind you. So when we started this, we were just under 10%. So uh, in fiscal 17, we finished at 9.6. And like I said, we're we finished Q4 at 12.4%. So you know, call it we're we're halfway towards towards the objective. Okay, that's helpful. And uh, Ryan, I didn't get in your opening remarks uh, the expected capex for the remainder of this this year or or next year. Uh, it's fifty to sixty million dollars. That's five zero to sixty. Yes, correct. Okay, and any particular um, initiatives that's driving that? Because that's uh, historically a little higher than than what's been in the past. Well, so that that does incorporate. Um, that, that does incorporate the, the new businesses, so we have a higher base in terms of ongoing maintenance spend uh, than what we've had in the past, and, and we are investing in a couple of areas that will, um, that will be enabling uh, continued growth. So we do have some capacity expansion planned in certain areas. Uh, we're going to continue to invest in innovation, and then, and then like I said, the, the regular ongoing maintenance uh, type activity. Um, overall, long term, we're going to continue to operate in that two to three percent, two to three percent range of revenues, um, and so it'll be a, a more on the higher end in this upcoming year. Okay, understood. Thank you for taking my questions. Welcome. Your next question comes from David Ocampo from Cormark Securities. Your line is open. Uh, good morning, everyone. I just wanted to circle in on uh, Justin's last questions on the margins and focus more in on the near-term opportunity there. Uh, I think on the last quarter, you talked about pressure from COVID-related costs. Are you starting to see that recede now, or, or have you largely worked that through your system now? Well, a lot of the, a lot of the factors that have impacted us are still in place. So, so where we operate around the world, um, we're still operating with with what I would call non-normal or additional health and safety protocols in our facilities. We still have a large percentage of our workforce at home, so you know, we have people coming into our facilities every day, but we also have um, our engineering and office staff uh, largely working from home. So those those conditions still exist. 
Uh, we've also talked about the impact on services and, and um, travel restrictions and, and the complications of people having to quarantine if they're going into a market or, or, or coming back home to a market. So all of those conditions still exist, but what I would say is we've, we've done a good job overcoming these obstacles. So um, from the services perspective, we talked about our global footprint, our regional network, the digital tools we've implemented, and then within our facilities, uh, our teams have done an excellent job in, in, in keeping our facilities safe and keeping them open and adhering to the health and safety protocols. So the conditions still exist, but from an impact, um, you know, we're, we're mitigating from, from a margin perspective. Okay. And then on the M&A pipeline that you guys have in terms of your funnel, it's picked up quite a bit here. Are you starting to see more competition enter the space, and is that having any impact on, on the multiples that you have to, to bid in order to acquire these businesses? You know, um, so what, why don't I kind of walk this a little bit? So we, we, we announced the acquisition of, of, of BioDot and, and CFT, the closure of CFT. I'm really pleased with those new ads, uh, very much in line with our strategic direction and, and, and really in line with, with where we're taking the corporation. Um, when we step back and look at our funnel, our funnel remains healthy. And, you know, I, I would actually state that it's, it's opened up more um, from the food technology space. And, and, and you know, we, we like regulated food. We like the food technology area. And so we've, we've really built that out. And so I would say it's, it's increased. And, and we remain active in the market around cultivation, around staying close with many targets. You know, we, we've entered into to many discussions where, you know, we don't get to the finish line because we choose to, to, to go in a different direction. And, and we have four criteria that you've seen multiple times. And, and if those four really don't line up, we then go in a different direction. But I'll just state that our funnel remains healthy. We continue to cultivate. And sure, multiples are, are an area of focus and target, and we, you know we see multiples remaining at a certain peak at a certain level. That said, you know I think we've uh, continued and and will continue to manage to overcome those and, and really build out a, a strong value creation for ATS and and for our shareholders. And I'm sorry, Andrew, are you starting to see more competition for the stuff that you're bidding on, or or it's largely unchanged? It's largely unchanged. You know, what I can say is our cultivation efforts have picked up and continue to pick up, and that really does enable us to move and be in a pace, but it's largely unchanged. Okay, that's my question. Thank you so much. Thanks. Your next question comes from Maxime Seitchev from National Bank. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Morning, Max. Good morning, uh, Andrew. I, I was wondering if you don't mind maybe talking about um, the CFT uh, integration uh, blueprint. Uh, maybe you know any kind of early early learnings uh, from uh, you know having onboarded this asset, um, and um, how you think about you know like any updates on the cost synergy, revenue synergy. Just uh, yeah, any update on acquisition is possible. Thanks. Absolutely, and and you know. I'll start with a headline here, Max, and I'll go into specifics. Uh, we are on track with the integration. We are confirming and have confirmed our, our belief around the synergies and around around the cost potential and, 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 and where we believe we can deliver on. And so none of that has changed. And, and, and so, you know, then to walk through it, we, we closed in March and our team started the integration immediately around that. And, and they've done a lot of work around firming up the supply chain synergies and, and really exploring and continuing to explore the, the synergy and cross-selling synergies with this group. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to say we, we, we've even started quoting out and, and one of the products that, that, that this business and, and technology this business has is something called CFT Robotics. And we've quoted that out in other areas of our business. And so we're realizing and, and we're, we're very pleased with the, pro, the projects and, and prospects around the synergies, and we're, we're, we're on track to realize those. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're I would just say, uh, headline is, is pleased with the progress and, and certainly uh, view this, this business as a, as, a, as a real strategic fit for ATS. Right. And, I mean, so far, no 
uh, you know, negative surprises uh, in terms of, uh, you know, having a look under the hood or maybe any positive surprises, maybe if it's possible to share. Yeah, so with you know, with every acquisition, you're going to find things as you go along. And what I can say is that they're they're not meaningful at this time. And and you know what, what we're really pleased with is is the business and the team uh, at CFT have been fantastic in the approach. And so uh, we're really pleased with how this is unfolding. We're really pleased with the integration, and we're not changing the targets as of yet. But I'll just say that that uh, what we set out to achieve, we're very confident we can achieve. Okay, that's super helpful. Thank you so much. And maybe just one um, uh, cleanup uh, question for Ryan. Uh, in terms of the backlog to revenue conversion for the upcoming quarter, I presume that BuyDot is not included in that, correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, we do expect BuyDot to close this quarter, but um, it, it, I mean, given where we are now, it'll be, it'll be in the latter half of the quarter, so it won't have a material impact. Okay, that's great. That's it for me. Thank you so much. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from Mark Neville from Scotiabank. Your line is open. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the follow-ups. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm just curious, is, have you seen any impact on your business or in your customers' behavior just from the recent commodity price inflation? Uh, you know, so we... From a standpoint of our customers, no, we have not. And you know, just I gave the headline, but but our funnel's healthy as we go into the year. So pleased with that. As we look at our business and then step back, the short answer is we have not seen really anything material to date. But our supply chain and our supply chain team has been very focused and very vigilant about this. And 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 as you recall, I mean, we've talked about this as one of our five points. The team has been, you know very proactive in, in identification with suppliers and identification of, of the roadmap and, and strategic layout and how we want to drive the business here. So, you know, they've been able to really minimize and, and uh, you know, be able to allow me to state this is no material. Where we have seen a shift, though, is, you know, some suppliers are extending their lead time. So where we've had stuff in days now goes out to potentially weeks. And, and you know, we've seen stuff shift from call it one to three days to, to three weeks, and, and fortunately, we, we were able to identify this early on, and, and because of our planning, we've been able to plan and, and ensure that there's no impact in our, in our ability to execute. And so, you know, to date, no real material impact. Another one just to, just to head it off uh, is around, you know, the, the, the shortage in, in, in uh, chips in, in the EV side or, or, or the automotive and transportation. And what we have not seen a disruption in our portion of that. And, and just to call it, reminds you know, the, the team here on this, we are in a strategic area of focus for our customers, and, and we have not seen any impact on our business. And, and uh, when we look strategically with the customers, it's aligned with how they have to shift their business to meeting the needs in the market. Okay. Yeah, and just sorry, just to clarify that on the chips, uh, Andrew. Again, you haven't seen any impact, and sort of nothing showing up in this quarter either. That current quarter. Correct. All right. Okay. Um, I guess just around broadly around infrastructure stimulus, whether U.S. or other markets. I'm just curious. Do you think that is potentially the tailwind for the business? Um, you know, so. <clears throat> We do. To answer your question, we do. And, and let me walk through this a little bit. Um, so we call it, you know, it's, it's a little tough. So we call it onshoring or supply chain de-risking in, in, in all these areas. And, and, and typically that is going to be an enabler for automation. And, and if you step back and look at the, the, the ability to meet the demand, usually it's going to equate to, to an automation area. And so we do view that as a tailwind. And, you know, as you're well aware, part of my standard work as a CEO is to continue to talk to customers and call it of the last, and I, and I mentioned this on a call, you know, call it a quarter or two ago, of the last 10 customers, especially in life sciences, half of them are talking and, and we've seen awards or, or, or orders in a small amount, but, 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 but still orders in preparing for this shift. You know, Mark, one of the other areas that, that is a tailwind for automation, and, and, you know, it's not getting as much highlight right now, but, but it is a meaningful change, is a, the retirement in the next three to five years. 
And when we look at retirement and, and the younger workforce coming in, automation is an enabler to really continue the continuity of production process. Because at the end, what our customers care about is building a quality product on time, on budget, on target, consistently. And so they're really reaching out to us to say, hey, we've got a changing shift here. So not only do we need to meet the, the demand in our region, but we also have a potential retirement aspect coming up and therefore we need to talk through the aspects of how do we automate and, and meet these heavily re, you know, regulated markets that, that allow us to produce the product. So we do view this as a tailwind. Timing is called 18 to 36 months out. So I would say it's, it's early in, in the assessment and in, in, in dialogue, but, but it, is, it is a shift that we view does favor greater automation. Great. Um, maybe just one last question, just on MA, just to clarify. Um, again, with CFT, uh, you're starting the integration, or you're, you're doing the integration. While that's technical as this quarter, but neither of those would preclude you from doing anything else in terms of MA, correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. All right, guys, thanks again, and uh, keep it up. Mr. Hyder, there are no further questions at this time. Please continue. Thanks, operator. To conclude, we're pleased with the performance this quarter and recognize the hard work and dedication of our teams across ATS that made this possible. This past year has turned out to be very different from what many of us have imagined. Yet despite the challenges, our people were able to adapt and deliver innovative, high-quality solutions for our customers. Solutions that positively impacted lives around the world. Thank you for joining us today. I look forward to speaking to you on our Q1 call in August. Stay safe and goodbye for now. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.